Blog Talk Radio. coming to you today with Iron Sharpens Iron, um, which is the title of my show because we need to sharpen each other and acknowledge each other and and lift each other up in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you, God, for this platform that you are using me on today, God. And I and I decrease, Lord, that you may increase in me, God, that somebody may be touched out there, Lord, that the word that you have sent to me would be um, the word that somebody needs to cross over into kingdom living, God. And I thank you, Lord, for you know everybody's needs out here in this world that we live in today. And just, that you just take these lips of clay, God, and mold them and shape them and let them be used for your glory, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hello, people of God. I'm so excited to be here. Lord knows I haven't seen you all or talked to you all um, since November. So I'm all filled up today. I've had, you know, circumstances and illnesses, and, and I thank God for his keeping power. And I'm telling you, I'm like my pastor now. When he ain't preached in a while, he's ready. And I ain't telling y'all I'm preaching because I ain't nobody's preacher, but I do have a word from the Lord today, and I'm excited to give it to you. First, let me give you the information that's going forth out there to our listeners. We can be found at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Purpose Kingdom. You can go on there and you can hear the recorded message if you are um, not able to stay. The number to dial in on is 319-527-6091, or if you're unable to use that number, try 323-870-4174. And I look forward to hearing from my listeners, my audience today. Talk to me if you need to. I'm going to try to get through everything that I have here today that God gave me, but I'm going to be talking rapidly and moving swiftly. But if I'm, if you missed something and you want me to, if you want to reiterate on something and you want to comment on something, feel free to hit number one and come on in and talk with me that we may edify and glorify the name of the Lord because I ain't never got too much to do that we can't stop and somebody, you know, comment and reiterate on what God has given. So don't hesitate to hit that number one. And talk to me if I'm going too fast, you want me to repeat something, that's what I'm here for. So the title of what God gave me is I'm in the middle, smack dab in the middle. So it's, it's, um, it's easy to praise God before you get into a situation. This is what God has been dealing with me and my spirit for the last couple of months. It's easy to praise God when we ain't going through nothing before a situation arises. It's not hard to praise God when he has brought you out of a situation and you have been victorious and blessed and he has um, shown you grace and mercy. But my Lord, your praise counts the most when you can praise God in the middle of your situation. And I'm telling you, at the age I am now and and being raised up in church and dealing with God and, and situations all my life, I did not see this manifested in my life until the last three years, since 2018, God has taught me how to praise my way in the middle. And it's more effective when you can praise God in the middle of your circumstance or your situation. So um, I used to tell my mom when I was a little girl that I wanted to be like Job because I was so amazed at the way Job handled his circumstances and the and the faith that he had with God. And my mom told me when I was a little girl, she said, you don't want to be like Job. And I used to say, yes, I did. But when I meant I wanted to be like Job, I meant in the aspect of his faith level. But she was telling me, you don't want to say you want to be like Job because Job had to endure many losses and some hardships that you ain't quite equipped to deal with. So I understand why she said I don't really want to be like Job, but in my mind I was like I really want to be like Job. So I really want to be having Job-like faith is what I should have known to say. But I was young and I was growing, but I'm there now. So I want and I have learned to live with Job-like faith. So I'm going to get started. A few weeks ago I heard a sermon about Lazarus being, being – um, 
raised from the dead by Jesus. Jesus loved Lazarus, and uh, he loved Lazarus, and so his sisters had sent a message to Jesus saying, the one you love is sick. In John 11, chapter 11 and verse, and verse 3, he says, then, that's what he was saying that he loved, you know, he loved Lazarus in chapter 11, verse 3. But then in verse 4, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death, but it's for the glory of, the, of, of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And that just resonated in my spirit for weeks and weeks because in the, I knew when I read it that what God was doing, God could have showed up in the beginning of the chapter when they told him that Lazarus was sick. He could have easily went there, boom, and healed him. He could have went there when he went to sleep and raised him from the dead then. But he waited two days. And when he made his way to the city that he was in, he said, they said he'd been there four days. Truly, everybody that was around Lazarus and had dealt with death knew that after four days, there was no coming back and that it was a sealed deal. This man is dead for sure. But then like the preacher that I heard preaching about it, he said, in the beginning, he just had a sickness, which could have been cured. In the middle, Jesus clearly said, this sickness is not unto death. But then in the next chapter further down, a little further down in the verse, in the chapter, in a couple of verses down, he says, Lazarus is dead. And he waited. You know why he waited? Because he had to prove a point. And I'm going to show you why he waited. So then in verse 4, when Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So when Jesus heard of Lazarus' sickness, he stayed two more days where he was. Then he called the disciples in, verse 7, saying, let's go to Judea again. I'm paraphrasing this. So they said to Jesus, they tried to film you there, and we going again? Which clearly sounds to me like they lacked a little faith, even though they were with the actual uh, way maker. So our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. See, he said sleep because just like when somebody in our home is asleep, it may take a little shaking, but they will eventually rise up. God knew that Lazarus was dead, but these disciples didn't know he was dead. So when God said he is asleep and I'm going to wake him up, they were like, oh, well, we can do that. He didn't tell them that he was dead because they would have—they already sound like naysayers when they said, you going where they tried to kill you at? We going back, Jesus? So they already would have came with a negative mind. See, the whole point to this is you can't hang around people that have negative energy because, and they lack faith because they're going to drain you of your faith and they gonna, and it makes healing harder. So I may have to talk about that a little later on if I get that far. But they, but, um, they said Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. It's not hard to wake up from the sleep. It was a small task for him. But God was going to get the glory because it was not possible through man. So um, when I read this, it said, it says, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem. Jesus, um, uh, that was less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Mary had gave up. She said, he did us wrong. He and he showed up. So the Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, and one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? So we have to believe that because this whole thing that we're riding in and we're walking in, this faith thing and this worship thing and this praise thing, it's a belief factor because if you don't believe it, no matter who believes for you, it will not come to pass. 
So they said, yes, Lord, she told him, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into this world. So then we move on down. When we pray, we wanna we want God right now. When we say our prayer, a prayer to God, usually anytime most of us go to God in prayer, we be in need of something. So when we want God right now, because we usually are in a desperate state. But when he shows up, it's always right on time. Even if it's not when you actually thinking he should come because you called him, he knows when to show up and it's always right on time. So buckle up. God is preparing a faith ride in your life. That's what I come to share with you today. He is preparing a faith ride in your life. And um, over that, so he can go out. So, so um, Jesus spoke, he spoke your end once um, in the beginning. He spoke your end in the beginning. You just have to praise him in the middle. So he will fix your, your, your Wednesday on Monday. He will fix your Wednesday. You can leave it open. You can leave it open. Leave it open. He will fix it on Monday. He will fix your. He can fix your Wednesday on Monday. Your place is to trust and believe and praise, praise till it happens. Not pray, but praise till it happens, because he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end, and the only thing that matters in the middle is your praise. So praising God in the middle of your situation is more effective than praising him in the beginning before you get in it and praising him in the end because we know you're going to praise him in the end because, look, God, you didn't brought me out. But in the middle of your trouble, can you praise him? The devil can read your story, but he can't write your story. All he can do is mess with your chapter to try to deter you on your course. God is the only one with a pen. He's the only one that can rewrite, change, and reroute your story. The moment you are in a tight, the moment that you are on the right track, and you'll know it because discernment, discouragement will come, tensions in your marriages will come, the children become disobedient and wayward, and they don't honor nothing you said or how they was raised, and then life happens. That's how you know you're on the right track. Drama breaks out when you're moving to the conclusion of a miracle. You're in the middle of a miracle moment. You can identify a miracle moment by the level of opposition to the thing you're moving towards. Opposition is not God saying stop, but he's saying keep going, push harder, and don't forget to praise. Don't walk, jog, skip, but run towards your opposition with a praise. Pursue the calling of God, pursue the gifts of God, and pursue the dream. Run after all of it with diligence, passion, and joy, and put a praise on it. Don't forget your praise. Praise is your ticket stamp. Praise is like the bullet to your gun. Faith is the gun. Praise is your spiritual antidote. And an antidote, according to the the definition, says a medicine taken or given to counteract a particular poison. So the devil's going to give you doubt. That's poison. But your antidote is praise. So I'm trying to teach us how to praise our way out. And if nobody know how to praise their way out, I come to tell you, that I have learned in 2020 how to praise my way out. The plan of God cannot be stopped by circumstances. Let me share a couple with you. Whoa, I had a good time in this one, honey. God been working it. The plan of God cannot be stopped by your circumstances. And a good example of that was the three Hebrew boys who came to me. Wouldn't, wouldn't, um, um, to a man, not by a, a man-made king, um, tell, help felt bound in the midst of the burning furnace and walked in the midst of the flames singing praises to God. Yes. Yes, they wouldn't bow to a man. They wouldn't bow to a man-made king. Fell, they fell. Listen to this now. Hear me. 
They fell down in the midst of the burning furnace and walked in the midst of the flame, singing praises to God and blessing the Lord. Now, we would have given up on the way to the furnace, thinking it's over. This is it. If he ain't saved me by now, he ain't going to save me. We would have threw our hands up on that walk to the furnace. But they praised him in the midst of the furnace. Now, you know them flames was in there. They ignored the opposition, and they focused on the praise. And that's what they came out not even singed. You couldn't even smell the smoke on their body. But the men that threw them in there got burned up from the heat of the flame, taking them in there. So see, God covered them because there's no way for the people taking me to die, and I'm still walking amongst the flames that, that the heat from it then kills them. But I'm walking in the flames, praising them. That's God all day long. So singing is a weapon of warfare. Examples is I tell people all the time when I'm in my walk of life and I'm out in Walmart or I'm on Facebook, I tell people all the time, and most of them don't know, that singing is a warfare weapon. That's why from time to time when you are in a crisis and you might say, I got this song that's been in my head or this song been on my heart and I can't shake it and I just can't get it out of my head, that is because if you think about it, the, the song that is in your head or your heart that you can't shake, most of the time reflects whatever opposition you're going through in your life. That song is your weapon of warfare and you are to sing it while you go through. Singing it out loud. Now, most people say, I can't sing. I sound horrible. The Bible said make a joyful noise. And so it don't matter if you think you can't sing. When you open your mouth and start singing the song that God assigned to you as your warfare weapon for your situation you're in, that is the bullet that defeats the enemy. He don't want to hear you singing praises anyway. So when God gives you a particular song, that song was sent for that situation. And real quickly before I go on, I'm just going to share with you that a friend of mine had a heart uh, pacemaker put in her heart in November, and she came down with COVID in December. And I spoke to her, and I said, go get tested. According to her symptoms, I said, go get tested. When she called me that Thursday, I said, go get tested tomorrow. She went to our doctor's office Friday that Friday, and they said she had pneumonia. That Saturday when I called to check on her, she said she was at the hospital and they were admitting her for her pneumonia, but they hadn't tested her for COVID yet. So when I talked to her on that Saturday, they were in the process of wheeling her to her room after they admitted her, and she said to me, I'll call you back when I get settled. I didn't talk to her anymore that Saturday. I didn't talk to her that whole Sunday, and I didn't talk to her none that Monday early morning and afternoon, and it was bothering me because we check on each other on a daily basis because we both tend to have health issues. So when I couldn't get her on video chat all that Monday, I said, God, I need to know something. This is concerning me. When I finally tried to call her on video chat again, she answered. And when she answered the phone, saying, the tears began to roll down her face when she saw my face on the camera. And I said, what's wrong? And she said in a whispering tone, I can't talk, and I can't breathe. And she started to cry, and I told her, wait, don't cry. Don't cry because if you already can't breathe and you get upset, that's going to make it harder for you to breathe. I said, listen, when the enemy tried to tell me I had COVID back in the beginning of the year around March and April, I started having shortness of breath, and the enemy was right there. You got COVID. You got COVID. I started singing that song in my spirit of this is the air I breathe. And every time I would sing that song, it was like a breath of fresh air. Like, it was just like I could just take that good breath again. So I told her that day, I said, listen, I'm going to hang up. I'm going to go to YouTube, and I'm going to send you that song off of YouTube, and you ain't got nothing to do in that hospital bed but praise God, thank him, talk to him, and listen to this song. And when you listen to it, sing it. Two hours later, thanks, this girl called me back on video camera, sitting up in her bed, speaking to me as I'm speaking to you. Because the anointing that was on that song, and because she was obedient, brought, for, brought forth a healing. Because I picked her up from the hospital a week later and took her home to my house. And she is home today, talking, 
eating, walking around, taking care of grandbabies because the anointing in the song, when you get a song in your heart, it is a warfare weapon. So back to my boys. Um, they would have given up, but they went in them, in them flames and they said, I see four men in there and we only put three in because God was in there with them. Singing is a weapon of warfare. Now, Daniel, whoo, Lord have mercy. Daniel was in his 80s. He prayed three times a day. Some of us, we can't get to pray once. Daniel was faithful, and he prayed to his God three times a day. They tried to use Daniel's faith in God against him. So they tricked King Darius into passing a 30-day decree that, that said anyone who prayed to any other God other than the king would be thrown into the lion's den. So King Darius was sad when he heard this. I'm paraphrasing the story because I read the whole story and it was so good. I Lord, I can't tell y'all the whole story. But King Darius, you got to read it for yourself in Daniel 6, 10 through 28. My God, if you ain't read it, you need to go read it because it gets deep and I never heard the story the way I read it. So it was good. I was in here hollering just reading it. But King Darius was sad and tried to find a way to save Daniel. But the people came and said, you know, you can't change the law that you signed. You can't change it. You got to do what it say. And that boy up there praying again, we didn't caught him. And you got to do what you said and put him in the lion's den because they just wanted to kill him. So the king uh, was sad and tried to find a way to save Daniel. And he probably prayed for him. This is my thought. The king prayed for him. So God will send help when you're faithful to him. He will use the very opposition against you if he need be, okay? The king told Daniel to his face when they put him in the lion's den, may the God you serve save you. So that tells me that King Darius believes something. Sounds like a prayer to me. So that night the king couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep, and he refused any entertainment. His spirit was heavily disturbed about having to put Daniel in this lion's den. Okay. The next morning, before the sun could even set, the king ran to the lion's den and spoke, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God been able to save you from the lion? Because he couldn't see Daniel. He thought maybe he was devoured. But he sure went to see he said, you always serve your God. And then that just goes to show you that people watch you. He knew that Daniel prayed three times a day. Don't think that what you're doing ain't nobody watching because they watch him even if they don't say nothing. So Daniel answered, King, live forever. My God sent his angels to save me, and the angels closed the lion's mouth, and the lions have not hurt me because my God knows I'm innocent. When they lifted him out of the lion's den, they found no injury to his body. The lions did not hurt him because he trusted in his God. Guess where he trusted him at, y'all? In the middle. He was already in there. They didn't feed the lions for days and weeks because they wanted the lions to be hungry when they knew they was going to put David in, I mean, Daniel in there because they knew he was going to pray and be the one thrown in there. They hated Daniel. But they was going to have these hungry lions devour him. So that didn't work out in their favor. Because when they lifted him out, when they lifted him out of the, uh, the, pit, the, lion, the lion's den, they found no injuries to his body. The lions did not hurt him because he had trusted in his God. The men who threw him in the lion's den was ordered to be thrown in by that king along with their wives and their children. And before they could hit the floor of the lion's den, the lions ate them and chewed their bones. So don't tell me the lions wasn't hungry. God just sent his protection to the man that was praising him in the middle of his situation, okay? Woo. Remember, they had not fed them lions purposely so, they would not, so that they would eat Daniel. Be very careful what you plan on God's believing children who praise him in the middle. Now, then King Darius, whoo, King Darius, I, I tell you, I know that man prayed for him because his, his spirit was vexed when they put him in that den. It wasn't right with him. 
But then King Darius, after they took him out, and he saw not one injury to this man's body, and he said, my God saved me. King Darius wrote a letter to all the people from all other nations and the language groups all around the world. It said, greetings, I am making a new law. This law is for people in every part of my kingdom. All of you must fear and respect the God of Daniel. Now, don't tell me that people ain't watching. He made it a law that they do what Daniel did. You better do it. They said, all of you must fear and respect the God of Daniel. Daniel's God is the living God, and he lives forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end, and God helps and saves people. This is all what the king wrote. He said he does amazing miracles in heaven and on earth. He saved Daniel from the lions, so Daniel was successful during the time that Darius was king. I'm sure he praised God while he was in the middle of this great opposition. When he rested in the Lord and used the lions for a pillow to sleep, if you can sleep in that situation, you have no worries for sure. Lord, have mercy. He used the pillow. He used the lions for a pillow to lay his head. That was some show enough trust. God, I want to be like Daniel. Job, a wealthy man, living in a land called Uz. God boasted about Job's goodness and faithfulness to Satan and argued that he's only good because he's so blessed. Satan challenged God and said, if you give permission, Satan can't even oppose us without God's permission. He's more obedient than some of us still. Satan said, if you let me punish him, he will turn and curse you in the midst of losing all his possessions and all his children and his body suffered painful sores from head to toe. His wife told him to curse God and die. But instead, Job did not sin against God, but instead he put on a burlap sack and placed ashes on his forehead and shaved his head and worshiped God. Job tore his robe off, which symbolized his deep sense of and his sorrow for the heavenly hand of God upon him. He was grieving. And then he shaved his head because that symbolized his mourning of his losses. He fell to the ground, and, and that in itself abasement and contra and partition and supplication unto God and worship. Instead of cursing God, which Satan said he would do, he adored him and gave him the glory of his sovereignty and of his justice and of his goodness in, in this most severe dispensation. He praised God in the middle. He praised God in the middle. Praising God in hard times, praise is possible. He cares for us and understands our needs and weaknesses. We can draw near to him by singing psalms and hymns or reflecting on his goodness. Some people struggle often because that's the only time that we seek God with a sincere heart, and that's why I seek and serve every day. God don't got to keep putting me in that position because that's when he know I'm going to Sincerely seek him. No, I learned a long time ago, I'm going to sincerely seek you on a regular, so I don't have to go through all of that extra stuff just to get for you to feel like I need you. I need you every day, God. So praising God is what we need to learn how to do in the middle. Some people struggle. It's always going to be a struggle because they head hard and you can't tell them nothing. Fear opens the door for Satan in your life. Fear is the devil's GPS in your life to see where you are in Christ. So monitoring your trust level, fear cancels faith because you can't have both present at the same time. Just like when you walk in a room and it's dark and you hit that light switch and the, and the light come on, fear had to instantly leave when that light switch was hit. That's the same thing with faith and fear. If, you in, if you're in fear, faith ain't coming. You're going to have one or the other. You ain't never hit a light switch and half the room lit up and the other half was still dark. So you got to have one or the other. So I'm here to tell y'all today, bless God, that it pays to praise smack dab in the middle. And, and, and I'm telling y'all that, bless me. I'm telling you, whew, my Lord, I already knew to do it. But when I started reading 
and seeing how people could just come out of this situation in the middle. God want to know, see, God want to know when you go to church and the preacher be preaching or you go to Bible study and the preacher be teaching, did you learn anything? Are you applying it to your life? See, learning it and applying it to your life are two different things. If you go to a job and they train you for a job and you learn it, but you still go in there and do it your way, no, it ain't going to come out right. They're going to either re-instruct you or they're going to direct you to the door. So I just wanted to just, and I just wanted to really just share with y'all that I have learned to praise God right in the middle. Everybody knows the situation <clears throat> with my daughter, and she was running away, and um, she had been doing it since last November, so she's been over a year of runaway. They call her a habitual runaway, and it's so dangerous in the streets, but in 20, since she's been doing it since 2019, and I was a wreck when she first started running away. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. Every time the phone rang, I was scared somebody was going to tell me they found my child somewhere or she was dead, and I just was a worrying wreck. And my pastor called me one day, and he said, rest in God. And I had to learn how to rest in God. I had to, let me tell you, I had access to her, her uh, what's that, messenger on my phone. So I got peace in seeing her talking to people on messenger because that gave me the piece of, okay, she's alive. Okay, I see that she's okay, even though she's not here and I don't know exactly where she is. And so God God said, rest in me, and I said I was. And, and you know, let me tell you how tricky it is. Your mouth can say something and your head can believe it, but if your heart ain't attached, your heart, like, I don't know what y'all talking about. And that's where I was. I can tell you honestly that I will tell you in a minute that God got her and I trusted him, and I believed it in my head, but my heart said, mm-mm, I ain't with y'all on this one. So I had to learn that my heart wasn't attached because one day, the first week in February last last year, she, no, yeah, the first week in February of 2020, she hadn't answered none of her calls and none of her messages on Messenger. And I got so scared that she had been killed or she was hurt or I didn't know what it was. I thought all, the enemy will give you all kind of stuff to think, and he will make sure they stay in your head. And the Lord told me in the church van on my way to church one Sunday, he said, I told you I got her, and I told you I got it. And now you can't see nothing. Now what? And he checkmated me in my spirit because he was right. I believed that he would keep her, but I got pleasurely pleased in seeing her operate on Messenger because I didn't realize that that's where my real peace came in seeing that she was okay. But he said, now you can't see nothing, now what? And at that moment, I realized right at this moment, God, and that's what I told him, I have no choice. I have no choice but to trust you because I can't see nothing now. I can't see her talking to nobody. I can't see her interacting. I don't know where she is, and I sure don't know who she with. So I had no choice but to trust you. And when church was over that very same day, and I got back in that church van going home, that's when she started responding to all of those four-day texts and messages that she hadn't text, uh, responded to. And I was I was like, okay, God. And then, see, as soon as she started responding, I knew God told me that on the way to church because he wanted me to get the understanding that you're still not trusting me. You're still going by what you see. And I said, okay. And I tried so hard not to check her messenger to see to, to, to do that. And one day I checked her messenger, and the messenger disappeared off my phone in front of my face. I guess he said, I ain't going to tell you no more. I got her, and I got it. And from that day forth, I was able to sleep at night. I was able to eat. Let me tell you, she came home in October on a, on an ankle monitor, house arrest and bracelet on her ankle. And Monday just passed. She ran away again with the ankle monitor on and cut it off around the corner. And one of my friends in Atlanta called me on the video chat, and she looked at me, and she's a minister, so she know God. And she was sitting there staring at me while we were talking on video chat, and she said, Miss Mary, I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I know you're a mother, and I know you love your baby. 
but I don't see no worry on your face. I said, because, ma'am, I had to learn how to rest in God. I had to learn how to trust what he said. And she told me three different times during our conversation, I cannot believe the peace that I see on your face and your baby is out there in the street. And I told her again, that was God's baby first. And you know what? That's why I felt so gravitated to I'm smack dab in the middle. My situation ain't over. They found my daughter. They put her her face on the news Thursday just passed and said she was missing and told her information, her age, and who she was last seen with an unknown man and her death, you know, where she was located. And come Friday morning, they, the police found her. They caught her. They caught some, one of the cops seen her somewhere, called her name, and she turned around, and she hauled running. And they caught her, and now she's um, in juvenile detention center, which is still a blessing because guess what? Jail better than hell. And I was still at peace. I'm still at peace because guess what? They're killing us now. They could have shot her in her tracks. But they didn't. And she safe. And sometimes we got to live through the consequences that we make for ourselves. And she won't believe nothing. So I trust God. That's his baby first. He loaned her to me. And I took care of her. And I'm still taking care of her. And I love her more than she'll ever know. But I can't love her like he loves her. And I had to tell God she was your baby first. And whatever you do to get her closer to you and to accept you, just give me the strength to endure that, whatever your decision be, because you ain't going to kill her, because if you was going to kill her, she'd have been dead already. And I believe she's living her testimony, because I believe that her testimony is why she's going through all the things she's going through now, and she's going to be able to testify to somebody that's going through the same thing that she's going through now, because everything we go through is not for ourselves. It's always for somebody else. She's going to meet somebody in her life after God finished drawing her, and she's going to be able to really help them. And I believe she's living her testimony. But my thing is, I had to learn. She can't, she can't, I can't go by her. She can't go by me. I had to learn how to praise him in the middle. And so I thank God for that. And um, I just want to now take the time. If nobody wants to call in, if we don't have no comments. Do I have any comments? Ain't nobody talking to me. Come on, y'all. Guess where we at? We smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. And if y'all out there listen to me, he didn't kept you. I'm sure most of y'all, if not all of y'all, can get on here and say you ain't left nothing. We might have lost some friends. I lost a couple of friends. And we might have lost some stuff, job. But I guarantee you, it ain't over because you're still here. We are smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. We are smack dab in the middle of this COVID-19. And I know some somebody can 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 um relate or expound on this that I'm speaking of. So I'm just waiting to see if I got any callers because if we don't I'm gonna go ahead on and I'm gonna do my prayer of repentance. Cause somebody might went, say Go ahead, baby. Since you went there <laughs> we do Hello. have we pray that's God for all of our listeners. But I and, and you you have Number one, let me tell you, don't nobody want to interrupt the flow of God. But since you said, can anybody give a testimony? And I, I, first I got to go back to what you said about the song, about when the Lord is a song in your spirit that you just can't seem to shake. It, it seems like it's the only song that lifts you. I don't care if it's a worship song, a praise song, a, a gospel rap song, a R&B gospel. I don't care what type of... of Inspiration it is to you because like last year in between I would say about 2018 2019 no truthfully earlier 2017 to about 2018 into 2018 beginning to 2019 my song was Charles Jenkins this means war oh if that song came on or if something went down, I was looking for that song, This Means War. Because anybody that know me, I'm a fighter by nature, right? That's just me. I'm going to fight my way out. But in the midst mm-hmm. of it, once it's saved, 
you know, God didn't say, oh, no, you're not a fighter anymore. He just taught me how to fight differently. So every time that happened, it was this mean war. But this year, it's been Chicago Mass Choir, you thank you, Jesus. And I don't care what has happened. I don't care how crazy it was. Like tonight, before we got on the air, I was taking my daughter to the laundromat. I drove her to the, I went to pick her up. We put the clothes in my trunk, closed the trunk. Everything was fine. Got to the laundromat, took the clothes out of the trunk. Everything was fine. Went to close the trunk, and all of a sudden the trunk wouldn't close. I don't know what happened to it. I was supposed to get frustrated and mad and angry, and, but all I did was start praising God and just thanking God and glorifying God. And what did I do? I went and found thank you, thank you, Jesus, for two reasons. Because, one, if it's falling apart like that, I know what that means. He gets ready to bless me with. Mm, another reason to shout because I'm sick and he don't let children go without. He said he was and every one of our needs. And through this COVID, y'all have heard me say it, and I'm going to say it again. Not working. I didn't have to get on employment. I didn't have to do no little scams because God kept me a single step of the way. People were, why you ain't apply for this? Why you ain't apply for that? Because God kept saying, no, I got you. I got you. And every day I ate, and I didn't just get to eat. I ate what I stuff I liked. I still have not That's been right. able to name that I went without a Pepsi. And if you live in that's Philly, right. you know that's deep because they done up the prices of sodas because of the sugar tax. But that's another subject. But God, I'm just showing you how God has kept, how God is keeping, how how I'm still standing because of Psalms 91 and 7 that I'm watching thousands fall on my right side and on my left side, but it is not coming near me. Why? Because the God I serve in the middle of it promised me in Psalms 91 and 10 that no sickness or disease or plague shall enter my dwelling or no evil shall overtake me. And I'm just believing him on it. And if you get to a place where you believe him on it, you can sleep in the lion's den too. You can walk around in the fiery furnace praising God too. Guess what? You can walk out on the stormy water seas and go to Jesus Christ just like Peter did too. Guess what? You can beat an army of enemies with the jawbone of an ass just like Samson did too. Everything that they did in the Bible can be done through you through the army of the Holy Spirit if you just trust God. Yes. Girl, you better say that. that that's all I got to say about that, and I believe it's time for the call of salvation. Go do it. Okay. And let me just say this. When you were talking about your songs, your warfare songs, when my daughter first, when I was going through in 2020 with her being in the street, I used to always pray the prayer, God, lift the stronghold off of her because it's, it's definitely a, a spiritual war that we're fighting with her. And I said, God, lift the stronghold off of her so that, and make her heart of, a heart of flesh so that she can be receptive to you and want you and desire you. And the song he put in my heart was surely sees a strong man. And I used to listen to yep. it in my head, and then I hum it. I hum it a little bit, and then I would play it on YouTube. And the Holy Spirit said, "Don't play it, sing it." And I was home alone one day, and I started trying to sing it. And I was singing and crying and singing and crying. I couldn't even sing the song for crying, but that was my warfare. And since not, and since October, my warfare song is, "I pray we all be ready for His return." I can't shake that song. I can't get it out of my head. I said, God, I, re- I really have a, a heart desire and a passion for people now at this moment in life where we are that they need to know you because when you crack that sky, the heart, the spirit land, and the saints are going. And, and the ones that be down here crying, Lord, Lord, it's going to be too late. And my heart, I went to sleep one night, and I could hear my spirit singing in my dreams. I pray we all be ready for his return. 
He ain't give me that song for nothing. Honey? Mm. Yes, God. And then while he was talking, it went back to when I was talking about Lazarus. God know what he's doing? Because in verse 13, when he said, um, Jesus, however, was speaking to them about his death, but he thought they thought he was speaking about his natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And I'm glad for you that it wasn't that wasn't there so that you may believe. But let's go to him, because I'm gonna show you something. I'm glad that I wasn't there when he died. Because he's been dead four days. I'm getting ready to show you something. He keeps showing himself and the people walking around with blinders on their face. I just cry out to God on look, I'm crying out for the people of God. And I'm gonna give this call to salvation. And if you are out there and you want to give your heart to God, if you want to learn how to trust in God and praise in the middle, if you want to know more about him, if you just want to be saved or a believer to believe in him, then you need to say this, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. You got to acknowledge that first. You got to say, I ask for your forgiveness. And I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. You got to do that. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my Savior and follow him as Lord. From this day forward, guide my life and help me to do your will. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. And if you've done that, find yourself, and it's hard to say that nowadays because our churches ain't open. Find yourself a Bible-believing-based church. Most of them are on Zoom or on virtual. How about if you can't do that? Purpose Kingdom is on week. It's on daily through the week. Every day somebody got something to say about God. You can get the word right here where you are today. I mean, it's so detrimental to your health and your life and your well-being. Please make that battle cry and see. Now, I ain't telling you your problem's going to go away when you come over on Kingdom side. Because sometimes what you do before you come over, you still going to have to rectify and do, give an account for it. But guess what? All of us in life going to go through, but I sure would rather be going through with the Lord than to be trying to go through on my own strength. So it's always a plus to go through with the Lord. And I thank y'all for having me tonight. I I hope I didn't burn your ears off, but I pray that God said something to somebody to help them to learn how to pray smack dab in the middle. Praise is always good to praise. And I just thank God for the word that he gave y'all and he gave me because he gave it to y'all. He gave it to me first. And I thank God that, you know, it pays to praise. Smack dab in the middle. Thank you so much. And I love you. Until the next time as we depart from this place, but never from his presence. I love you from Iron Sharpens Iron. Peace. Well, don't go nowhere yet, evangelist. Don't go nowhere yet because you got to close us out in prayer. But we thank and praise and bless God for the word that has come evening smack back in the middle. That means wherever you are right now, whatever you are going through, whether it be good or bad, you need to just give God some praise. Hallelujah, God. For his word says yes, in heaven of his people. And what we just learned today is he don't care if your praise is coming up from a fiery furnace, guess what? He going to jump down in that furnace with you. If your praise is coming from a lion's den, he going to jump in that lion's den with you. Okay, so let me bring that to you in modern terms. He don't care if you laying up in the whorehouse praising him. If you start to praise him, he will come down. To where you are and start to shift and change your situation. He don't care if you praising him with the drug needles in your arm, in your mouth, in your lips. If you sitting on a bar stool, he will come down into the midst of where you are praying. God is not man that shall lie. He said that he inhabits the praises, hallelujah, of his people. If you would just yeah. call on him. Hallelujah. Got girl, you getting something started up. Wow. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hey, guess what? This is my desire for twenty twenty one. I ain't making no resolutions for twenty twenty one. My my thing for twenty twenty one is a is a daily life change. And I say, God, I need more of you and I need to do more. 
studying. I need to just get focused and not be distracted. And I just need to focus on you. And that's my 2020. I want to be lit. I want to be just like that hot, intense, fiery furnace for the Lord. Yeah, God. The only distraction I got, if I see a man, I ain't going to look down on no man unless I'm picking him up. That's it. That's it. That's it. Because but, if but God, remember, yes, I pray out now, baby. The word of God said, while we were yet sinners, He died for yes. us. He what yes. was done and what would be done. Hallelujah, God. We we yes, thank Lord. each and every one of and listening with us this evening for Iron Sharp Iron with the Holy Evangelist Mary Scott on this the 1374th episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. We just bless, praise, and thank God. We want to invite you all to join in with us tomorrow evening right here on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. We will be on at 9 p.m. with another episode. We will be broadcasting The Real Rap with the host, Evangelist Todd T.C. Nelson, right here on Purpose Kingdom Network, again at 9 p.m. tomorrow evening. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook as well as on at Purpose Kingdom. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Please Feel free to email any comments, questions, suggestions, or concerns to us directly at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, to talk with you, to pray with you, and to pray for you. We pray that God's blessing and peace be amongst you all. We invite you to stay tuned to the social media links for the start of the PK Worship Center. It will be coming to you. This year. Again, we thank each and every one of you for listening in with us this evening. And Evangelist is back again to close us out. Yes, God, thank you, Lord. Yes. And you know, I went back, my mind just went back while you was praying to that to the revival we just had right before we ended 2020 out. That the title of that says, I'm still standing. And guess what? We ain't standing on our own. God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. God, I thank you for using me. I thank you, Lord, most of all. For that listening ear out there, God, please touch somebody that was listening. Maybe they didn't want to hit number one. Maybe they shy and they just didn't want to be put out there, God. But right where they are, God, work on their heart. Touch them, God. Open up that door. Knock a little harder. Give them that heart of flesh to accept you, God, because the time is drawing near, God. I thank you, Lord, and I ask you, Lord, to continue to strengthen me that I might be that available vessel that may can reach out and pull somebody else in, God. I ask you, Lord, to continue to decrease me that you may be increased, God. Continue to discipline and strengthen me and, and just mold me to the daughter and the, and the minister that you would have me to be. God, I thank you for Purpose Kingdom Network today. I thank you for the platform. I thank you for every single individual that ministers on this platform, God. Increase, increase their territory, God. Increase them, Lord, and draw the people in that need you, God, that's out in the world. And I bless your name. Smack dab in the middle, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never want to see me down, I will not lose.